Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 56 of Five Star Potential, a weekly foot manager podcast brought to you by WeStream FM. On this week's podcast, we'll be chatting about FM launches and, and maybe some suggestions of our own as to how SI might approach this year's launch of the game in the team meeting. But first, I better introduce you all to my co-hosts, Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Hello and welcome. The champ is here. Oh, we're in we're in champ mode today, are we? Brilliant. Nice don't, to see you brought that alter ego with you. Don't diss the champ. Oh, third person, everything tremendous. Dave has a party. Hello, sir. Hello. Oh, short and sharp, <laughs> but hello. There you go. And Joe Zeff, welcome. Hello, it's great to be back. I see, Kurt. yes, it is. I see Kurt. He's won three games, and now he's a champ again. <laughs> Is that all it takes? GG. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, Joe's dropped you in it, so we'll start off with you for your save update, Squire. Yeah, the mo- the mojo is back. The mojo is back. So I think last week we were just about to start our season two. Um, it started off tough. I'm not going to lie. We had a couple of tough games uh, right at the start. We had to play uh, uh, Man City away and uh, Tottenham away. Uh, and Man City beat us four four nil in like in the most non four nil game like ever. It was definitely, you know, maybe they probably deserved to win it, but we created so many chances. Um, we're now playing the sort of attacking Kevin Keegan esque football, so we do create a lot of chances. We concede a lot of chances, but we do create a fair amount. And uh, on that particular day, we created a fair amount, but didn't take them. Uh, and then against Tottenham, uh, we lost seven two. <laughs> Uh, after being 2-1 up at half-time, uh, basically, second half started and Deli Ali decided to score five goals. Basically, every shot just went in in the second half for them. Please was, don't repeat um, the work you called him because uh, uh, that Ali. makes extra work for me in the edit. <laughs> what? Load up, load up the beat button. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Um, so, yeah, so we started off pretty poorly, but we have definitely turned it around. At, at the time of recording... We've lost one game in 11 matches, and that was the top of the league, Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, on that run, we've beaten United 2-0, which is only the second time I've beaten Man United, this this FM. Astonishing. The first time was uh, the FA Cup final with Forrest, last game of that of that particular save. But yeah, second time I've ever I've beaten FM uh, this year. Uh, beaten FM, beaten United on <laughs> FM. Uh, we also beat Chelsea at the bridge, 4-5 in the most Kevin Keegan game you'll ever likely to see. It was absolutely incredible. Um, even like after that game, the press was saying, you've scored a lot of goals this year. That's brilliant. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that is brilliant. Literally the next question, you've conceded a lot of goals. Are you worried about that? <laughs> like, no, no, son, no, son. Um, so at the moment, we're actually sitting in fifth place, level on points with United in fourth. Um, uh, after about 14 games of the season. Uh, so yeah, as uh as Joe mentioned, the champ is back. Oh, I'll let you have that one, I guess. <laughs> Joseph, uh, and now you you have admitted something to us um, earlier, but I'm going to drop you in it anyway. Um, how is things going in Spain? Terribly. Um, I've obviously had my passport taken away. I haven't been able to get to Spain this week. Um, I realised just before we went like I haven't actually played since the last podcast, which is bad for me. I mean, I'm normally quite a... I normally, you know, get a couple of hours in every night. I just haven't had a chance this week. Played a bit of Pez with the boys. Um, but yeah, Football Manager took a little bit of a back burner this week. Work's been an absolute nightmare. But what I have done, um, I'm currently on my pre-season tour of China. 
uh, then we'll be off to the United States. So I, I'm still in pre-season mode, um, which means obviously I didn't resign. I didn't go for the Barcelona job, kind of bottled it. Thought, do you know what? There's a few people that were kind of moving jobs, like when it, you know when the big managers go, like Mourinho. And what's happened is um, Thomas Tuchel's gone to Barcelona. Rude Hullet is now the Real Madrid manager. So there's a few strange ones going on there, and I thought, do you know what? I'm I'm not going to leave. I'm going to carry on with Villarreal and, and you know carry on with the project. Um, I've I've both my left backs wanted to leave for some reason. Um, so I've ended up selling Junior Tavares to Liverpool. Looks like Jordan Lukaku is going to end up going to Monaco. Um, so I've replaced him with uh, Guillermo Arana from Sevilla. I don't know if anyone's had the Brazilian left back, but quality replacement. Um, I also bought in Eddie and Ketcher on a free transfer. You know, definitely uh, an FM. I don't know, bargain, should we say, this year. Uh, he was on a free, so I thought I'll pick him up. He can play in the B team and, you know, you never know, you might want him for some cup games. Um, and obviously it's the end of the 4-2 Desmond. So I've got a couple of different systems that I've I've kind of stuck in. Obviously the 4-3-1-2 is something that I'm going to push on with, but I'm probably going to have a little go with a little, another little Brazilian number, which I'll talk about more as and when I play a bit of football manager. I can't, I can't blame you for not leaving. It's too much of a risk, isn't it? I mean, I know we referenced it on the pod last week, but you didn't, you don't want a Jason Tindall situation on your hands. <laughs> Interestingly, though, uh, Jordan Lukaku, uh, I had him at Forest. He was a bit of a bell end and wanted to leave to go to Monaco as well. So maybe there's a little pan emerging. I mean, he just obviously likes principalities. Where would you rather be, you know, Casino Royale or the River Trent? It's reasonable <laughs> when you think about it like that. <laughs> David. Uh, how are things going in your neck of the woods? Yeah, we're still with Fulham. Oops. I can't quite, I can't quite remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite remember where we were um, uh, last week on the pod, but uh, we'd st- obviously started off the new season. It started off quite well, to be honest. Uh, got a good run of games, um, but the last stream was probably not as good as we would have wanted. I think Joe had gone as well by this point because I know you had an early night last night, Joe. Well, on the stream, our final game, and I think it was a good time to win. We played West Ham, and I think the beat is six nil. No word of a lie, I think the beat is six nil. Come but, on, uh, you Ryan! <laughs> I thought you but, were tearing um, it up. We, we were, we were, but like, there's like it's proper weird. We go like we we even beat like Watford five one in the same stream. I think we'd go through one phase, and then all of a sudden we'd uh, I think we lost out to Arsenal. And then obviously we'd lost out to them, but we're through to the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. I think that's in the next stream. We got Southampton. Or did we beat them? Yeah, we got Southampton. And then um, obviously we've got the semi final and then hopefully the final. But in the semi final, there'll definitely be a championship team as well. So there's quite a big chance that we might get some silverware this season. But just still trying to find form. Like Sessignon had scored like eight goals in five games from left wing and then. He was keeping Zaha out of the team, who obviously at the time was our highest paid player. So there's a lot of options at the moment, and Seri still wants to leave before January. So uh, there's a lot of uh, decisions to make in the next uh, in the next week. I don't know if anyone watches Dave's stream, um, but hey. there's a, probably a reason why he loses games because he thinks he can start every game on attacking against any no, club no, in the no, Premier no. League. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, no, because it's strange because I play, like, obviously you see me play attacking and against the smaller teams or uh, no disrespect to the teams that are towards the bottom of the league, I, I smash them even like home and away. And I started attacking against Burnley away. And like, I know you mentioned it last week on the pod with the 4-4-2s they struggle against. 
and that had started to be happening. So I started attacking against Burnley and we did beat them. But then say against Arsenal, or against City, for example, I went def- more defensive. They smashed me and then second half went attacking and I started scoring goals and actually could have got a point there. Um, so I was just always cautious to actually come away from the attacking. It's as if the players know how to play play with it rather than the more defensive tactic. Friend, friend of the pod, Cleon, is a big advocate of playing your style. So you do you, Dave. Don't Cheers, worry about son. anyone else. Big up, Cleon. <laughs> Inconsistent. Hey. <laughs> there is that. Um, I can't remember where we got to last week. I think... Um, I would, yeah. Final day would have been last Friday of the 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 last season I'd spoken about. So, it seems to be going very much the way of Middlesbrough again. And we finished fifth in the league in the end. Was it fifth? It was fifth. Yeah, just very just. Um, so Euro- European football is coming towards the Hawthorns, which is very bizarre. Had we not bottled two games uh, against Liverpool and. Man City would have been in the Champions League spots, but we 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 aren't, which is unfortunate. Um, I've done very silly things as well. I sold my two top scorers from last season, so <laughs> that was a great idea. So Penaranda's gone on to pass as new. He's gone to Atletico Madrid, which is a bit weird, and Moise Keane has gone to Inter, both for decent fees, and I've made money, like considerable money, on both of them. And Penaranda was injured for a lot of last season. The rebuild has been odd. I've been trying to refine um, or find some new new blood in the form of some new gens from Brazil. Some of them have looked okay in pre-season. I'm not yet convinced they're going to be okay. Uh, I have got Narf back on loan though, so that's the that's the big bit of news though. Yeah, the Narf signing was made me made me very happy. Uh, eggplant emoji. But y- you love an annual squad rebuild, don't you? I think more I so than anyone else that I watch. Uh, on stream or on YouTube, you absolutely adore to... just selling everyone and then I just bringing them a new team. Well, the thing is, I, I just get addicted to bargains, and that this is this is the thing I have. Like, I get to, like Joe has his whole thing of like when every player has their price, <laughs> and and basically I bought Penaranda for nine million, and and then I thought, you know what? They ca- I think they came in with twelve. I Pushed them to twenty because I thought they would just they'll just leave leave me alone after that. They they sort of said that's acceptable. So that, mm. he only played twenty seven games last season because of injury. Uh, for twenty million, I'll see you later, sunshine. Um, I just I get and then I get addicted to signing players for a lot less. Um, although it hasn't quite worked out this season because there's just not an awful lot of money around. Although I had I got screwed over but with a couple of signings. Napoli again. Like when I was at Middlesbrough I had the, found this awesome I think he's Czech. Uh I think he's Czech. He's called Ollie Doll. Um actually no he's Austrian, sorry. And he was amazing. Just just I think he was a uh, uh, rapid uh, something like that anyway and no one had seen him I, I put an offer accepts the contract I've t- I spoke about him before on the pod um, and then Napoli came in with the same bid but then blew me out of the way when it came to contract talks and they signed him on a 150 grand a week contract so that was brilliant and so they did it again with another player as well in fact two I think they signed I signed from under my nose absolutely gutted Wheeler and Dealer no, um, that, that, that uh, yeah. is pretty much it. <laughs> I used to always do the same though. I mean, I don't know. I've not done it in recent years because I don't know how much like squad harmony is now obviously affected and so on. But when I was obviously much younger before I started doing like videos and stuff, I'd always do that like, every year. It's almost to keep like the save. It's 
it's almost for me to keep like the save fresh every year, just or every season. I probably have like six or seven new first teamers come the new season. There you go, Matt. You're doing exactly what an 11 year old Dave has a hey, target to do. Easy now. <laughs> but it's slightly structured, ago, at least. It's slightly <laughs> structured. And it's it's more like I try to increase the, the quality of the squad everywhere um, rather than doing like rebuilding it as we go. Like I'd f- you find a number of weak points. And with, with the West Brom team, there was a lot of weak points. So it needed a, a lot of work. And because we are like we are very much a selling club, and the whole Sir Alex Ferguson challenge of having like I've set the whole net transfer limit of like sixty two million, so I have to sell money to make money effectively. So I can't rebuild or or buy players without selling players on. I felt like Joe in last night's stream as well. We had a last season we signed a guy from Porto. I think his name's Sergio Oliveira. Played seven games and he just kept moaning to me. And I was like, I will sell you. We signed him for five million. I sold him for ten million on last night's stream. Felt good, so man. I'm proud, Double. proud, Cheers, <laughs> proud dad moment. Thanks, dad. <laughs> I'm right. always proud of Dave. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> hmm. uh, <laughs> that's a disapproving. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know why. The team meeting. We're going to be discussing some of the past and potential future ideas that that SI have used for football manager launches, uh, which they could be some of the the video campaigns or the, the other bits and bobs that they've done over the years uh, since they've been football manager. I don't, I, I mean, we can we can talk about the elephant in the room that is the whole demo disc in the, the cereal box for, for championship manager, if you really want. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking more about some of the more recent launch campaigns. Does anyone want to kick us off with something delightful? I think we've got to start with some of the previous stuff, haven't we? I mean, we just before we recorded, we started having a look through some old videos on there, and it's it's quite clear to see. I think the best kind of release videos are the ones Miles isn't in, which is a bit controversial, but there are some really good ones. Um, and I mean, that press conference one, that needs to disappear and not be on the YouTube channel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, we, as you say, before, when we sort of suggested it, we had a quick look at all the old ones to rejog our memory. And genuinely, is a, like there's three or four that I was like, I've never even knew this existed. But like the, the two that stood out for me was actually probably this time 10 years ago and obviously the one this year. And it's actually them sort of showing a manager off, basically, uh, the life of a manager and so on and the press conference stuff. I thought the, the one this year, obviously... You'd imagine throughout time, technology, cameras and stuff get better. Your trailers should get better within theory. So obviously, I don't know what they're called, but obviously like the almost like the point of view cameras and, and stuff like that. Uh, I thought that was quite a good effect uh, this year. And obviously uh, how it sort of transitioned and then you've got the, the team and stuff like that in the change room. And I think it was just a good way to, to show off the game without, without actually like obviously um, having the video game itself in, in the advert. I mean, whilst we're on the subject of adverts, I quite liked uh, the, the whole like a boss thing. I also liked the one with Cherno Samba in as well. I yeah. think the, I think the the adverts that have been on TV have been pretty good. Uh, as far as I didn't, there was it was the one for FM sixteen where we had Spencer in there. I don't think I'd ever seen that. It was only that once we'd started looking back that I actually that was for the We Are the Managers campaign. And I'd never, I'd seen some of the other little bits because they've had former managers on there or actual managers because there was the whole thing with uh, the, the the film um, where I can't remember the title of it, but they had uh, Oligon and Solskjaer in, in it quite, or well, he featured in it quite heavily. 
um I always thought that was that was quite interesting. I think that was more of a case of that's that's its own thing rather than being part of a launch. But I thought it was quite interesting because I think that may have been one of the additional extras you could have got if you pre-ordered it for that particular year. I might be completely off off the mark with that one though. Yeah, I mean, I'm no marketing expert or anything like that, but if especially for like a video game like this and especially now how they haven't sort of, you know, pre-orders are open but they haven't revealed anything for the game. The, the trailers and the ads always have had to be sort of funny or quirky as such. And like last year, as I said, the um, the Like a Boss ones are quite funny, obviously with the wedding and the, the, the signing and, and stuff like that. And there have been a couple like that. I mean, we've still got the, the one open on our Discord now, the FM05 one. It's like a farmer with sheepdogs doing keepy-ups and stuff like that. It's just it's a little bit weird, but I'm sure at the time people found it funny. But it's obviously a good way to get people engaged in the game. But then uh, you got sort of the other side of things, like the feature trailers, which we'll, I'm sure we'll see in the next couple of weeks. And there has been a couple, like, I think last year's were pretty good with the FMTV, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But there was one a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was a 16 or 17 one, and it was dreadful. Like, it, someone had looked like someone had done it on PowerPoint. Whereas I'm sure some people like it because it's quite informative, but at the same time, it's not very sort of engaging as such. I think that's, yeah, that's important. I mean, it was a couple of years ago they released that. Uh, they showcased the 3D match engine with the, like a five minute video with no sound and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. and it was all a bit embarrassing. So I think like last last year's um, last year's feature announcement videos definitely were a step up um, from what they've done previously. I know like Miles has obviously featured quite heavily in previous years, and I guess that's because of the size of the studio and stuff like that. And but now they've you know there's they're obviously investing a bit more money. Um, in terms of how they're presenting the game to us, so I, can, I think that's only that can only be a good thing. In terms of, I guess this is more sort of speaking about the the actual TV adverts that they show. But uh, do you know? You know, do you actually pay attention to when you see them? Like it's always during football, so yeah. that, mm. that that's obviously their demographic. But maybe they're casting their net a bit short with that. Do you think? No, I think that's it's just a it's kind of how it's done, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you get sort of adverts for tampons and stuff during this morning and loose women. Makes sense that <laughs> scathing bloody hell. hell. <laughs> <laughs> makes makes sense that you get football, you know, a, a football game ad, uh, advertised during during a football broadcast. Yeah, and I think normally Miles normally tweets, doesn't he? It's normally like something like this weekend, like Liverpool Spurs, like quite a big a big football match like they'll try and get it in in the halftime show of that it'll be one of the adverts so it's actually in you know a game that's got a lot of viewers um and obviously they do the sky sports news thing as well don't they with the transfer kind of attributes and stuff so they they kind of plant it in different places but it does seem to be around kind of the sky sports bits do they st- do they still do that the attribute stuff on sky sports news i think i i had a feeling that that maybe landed like a lead balloon to be honest I was going to say if they haven't if they if they, I haven't watched dead I didn't watch Deadline Day on Sky this year but if they are still doing it I wish they would stop. It always just <laughs> felt really cringy watching it. I th- you can see the presenters just dying inside. Yeah, but we understand it. We kind of know what they're looking at, and you're thinking there's a lot of people that don't understand what what they're looking <laughs> at. This is powered by football. What's a computer game got to do with actual tr- yeah. you know, real life transfers? Yeah, for us, it's quite funny. Like, obviously, you'd see it on Sky Sports the first time, oh, that's class, and then they put a little video on Twitter and the first comment is nonce or something like that. Or, you know what I mean? That's like typical Sky Sports football, isn't it? 
the problem the problem is i don't think the general public are aware of just how uh how much work goes into putting those attributes into the game and like the, the sort of depth of scouting networks and stuff like that so it's all very well saying yeah powered by football manager but you know as joe says like just the the general public will be like who, who the fuck cares? Yeah. I mean, when Wolves have got all 20s hey, for every single it. player because Mr. Has a party. Uh, we've, got a, uh, we've got Ruben Neves with 20 long shots. It's <laughs> <laughs> the next Stephen Reid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Um, I do... I, th- I think... I'm saying maybe segregating themselves to just football. I'm surprised that they haven't done more elsewhere or maybe just I guess the BBC you can't really do anything with it no. and I I think that they've had there's been sort of articles in the time uh, the, actually it was Miles in the Mirror wasn't it Miles ha- usually has a column in the mirror around this sort of time around release as well um, where he's sort of I don't know I can't remember what it, he normally sort of divulges a little bit of information so that may be the stuff we start seeing out towards the end uh, of September it's Darren someone isn't it the the guy that he's quite close with at the mirror I know exactly who you mean I can't remember is it yeah. Dar- Darren Lewis I can't remember, I can't remember but no I, I know exactly what you mean yeah yeah the, I mean the, it's the same though obviously we're on about the advertisements and stuff obviously the football is the most logical one and then maybe in, you know you got your soaps and stuff like that it was probably prime time viewing in an evening but like I'm trying to think, there's no football now on like normal terrestrial TV as such, or if it is, it's normally on BBC. Um, ITV obviously I don't think have got anything. Even like the England games recently, I haven't been on. Um, and BT, I'm not sure if even they show many many adverts, if if any. So Sky for them has got to be one that they've got to push. Hence why, as I know we mentioned it earlier with the Sky Sports News thing, is probably there. But um, yeah, it's it's difficult for them, and it's. It's how many. I, I just oh, a lot of people still watch TV, but I mean, the internet for them is going to be, have to be the main place for them to push it. I think this year. Well, I mean, you just look at TV advertising costs for one. Mm. I mean, are they value anymore? In all seriousness, like you know, so many games now, you won't see them advertise on TV. But what you will see them do is work with big content creators, big streamers, um, and get sort of. Uh, pre-release videos and stuff like that done and that in that way you know that's you look at engagement rates and stuff like that on social media you've got youtube which is hugely engaging instagram which is hugely engaging twitter is like not not so much i don't think but like twitch as well like just get get a few in like really big influences to to work with the game spencer owen would be an obvious one because obviously with the hashtag deal and stuff like that get him get him playing pre-release on on Twitch or or releasing some YouTube stuff um and that that will do them a hell of a turn rather than you know maybe paying out huge amounts of money for primetime TV advertising yeah i mean i know you mentioned it there i'd be very surprised even if they don't put a few videos on the hashtag channel um but you get what spencer say for argument's sake to do one video he gets let's say at the very least a quarter of a million views straight away you got 250,000 viewers worldwide whereas you put a tv ad during Corey or something yeah there might be a, a few million people but how many of those are going to be sort of football or male you know well let's not being sexist but like a male demographic sort of thing whereas spencer is obviously going to be a lot more focused on that sort of thing so for them as you say they might spend a bit of money on tv advertisements but sponsoring hashtag again spencer involved is probably not the worst thing for them at all 
Could you imagine getting your man from One Direction, the one that was involved with Doncaster? Bloody hell, you'd, oh, get, a, you'd get a random demographic of people buying that game. Yeah. <laughs> some some of the like some of the boys that have been streaming Fortnite and stuff, like play people like Deli Ali and all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know how that would work in terms of licensing, but like you imagine getting a football a pro footballer streaming Football Manager on on Twitch pre-release, it'd do bits. Tony, Tony, Tony channel. <laughs> <laughs> Big up Tony. Big up Tony and his commentary. <laughs> Do you think that that Football Manager's got a big enough presence on social media to be able to do it like other games have with with the whole uh, pushing? Like FIFA have had their their um, creators event recently, where they've you know shipped everyone off to Germany to play the game and and to sort of get that pre-release content out uh, ahead of the game. So like over the past few days, I've seen on YouTube, it's been absolutely flooded with 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 FIFA 19 stuff but do you think that football manager has a similar sort of presence to be able to have such an impact it's an interesting one because i was quite surprised with the number of people that ea had invited out obviously as we already know the fifa is a much much bigger game than football manager but there were people out there that i had you know i didn't even knew did fifa videos i've had loads of people on my twitter that were going i was like what really um, football manager, I mean, for example, like luckily enough, I've, obviously I've been invited to a couple of events. For example, when I got to test out the game on FM Touch um, on Nintendo Switch driver, like I didn't, ex- I didn't know how much that would get, but football manager shared it. I'll put it on my YouTube and it got like 13, 14,000 hits fairly quickly. Same with the content creators cup. And that was just draft mode. And people would have known it was draft mode from like trailers. I got over 10,000 views on all of that stuff as well. So for for me as a creator, it was good. Whether it got Football Manager sort of any new members, uh, I don't know. And I'm sure we've all had it in our streams where people have actually said, oh, by watching your stream, I've brought the game and stuff like that. And obviously that might, they're the people that are telling us. So there's definitely options on that front. And for content creators, I'm sure it happens with most games though, that people are always going to buy the game off creators or off videos as well. I think uh, they'd be foolish to dismiss content creators. I think... Like obviously they tested the waters last year with the Creators Cup. Um, how well that did for them, only they know. But um, it it wouldn't surprise me in in well this year and in future years to see them working more and more with with creators and sort of tapping into to co- people's communities and stuff like that. Now we sort of briefly touched on it where you're mentioning the hashtag stuff, but has anyone else got any ideas about how they could? go about marketing whether it be this year's game or other future releases uh something maybe a bit more original that they haven't done or something that you did like that you'd like to see more of i think um i mean it's going on to a different sort of subject as well with the feature thing last year the fm tv or whatever they called it was quite different to anything that they'd done before We'd have videos of literally as Curtis sort of said the features with no music or features with music and just subtitles or we'd have in previous years, Miles talking about them. But this thing, it was obviously a lot more high-tech. They'd obviously spent a lot more money on it, and it was separate videos, so everything was sort of fairly in-depth, and people got got to you know to know what the new features were, and people actually sort of looking forward to the set days when these features were coming out. And I know we were d- discussing it on FM. I'd be surprised if they don't do something similar this year, um, because I think it just worked quite well for them last year, and I think like when I'd spoke to a couple of the guys from them, I think they were pretty happy with with how it turned out to be honest 
yeah, I think like pre-announcing when a video is going to be released with a feature announcement or something like that. I think that that obviously drew a lot of eyes to uh, to where well their YouTube or wherever it was that they announced it. Um, but maybe getting a bit more inventive with stuff like that. I mean, obviously, I know they had the Football Manager TV and they've done kind of press conference announcement style bits and pieces before with Miles, but maybe get a bit more uh, inventive. Um, I don't know, like without sort of going into sort of creative ideas. Maybe, you know, you could have like a real life manager doing a halftime team talk or something like that. Um, I don't know, Just bits and pieces like that. I want a press day where there's a five-a-side match, Miles FC versus Curtis FC. Get some famous people in there that play the game, like Jason Manford, Paolo Nettini, old Jay from the Inbetweeners. Uh, you could get Spencer Owen involved, get like, you know, just them all having a kickabout and someone two-footing, you know, Miles and <laughs> or goalkeeper throwing it into his own net or something like that. Um, <clears throat> or, I don't know, advertising-wise, um, the Nike advert, the Brazilian Nike advert, where they're running through the airport, something like that, where you got all the players running through, doing skills, etc., and then it pauses, and there's a manager making tactical adjustments. <laughs> Don't kick it through that that departure lounge. Kick it through this one, you know, something different. Well, like yeah, that. although the, the old Park Life advert, maybe uh, yeah. you could have you could have that where it kind of transitions, like you, you it goes. You, they're playing the game on the on the on on the pitch, and it sort of focuses into the manager's eyes almost, and like. It transitions into the tactic screen, and you can, you know, yeah, almost. Yeah, that would. Was it? Uh, was it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Was it like the Nike advert as well? Do you remember one where it was like the kids playing on the like the, the council park pitch, and then all of a sudden Ronaldo turns up, and yeah, like, yeah. it's like stuff like that where it's like you start seeing it how you how you imagine it to be. Because I think with FM, a lot of it is like your imagination takes over, doesn't it? You become immersed into being a football manager, and I think yes, that kind of thing could could look really cool. Even with like um, having sort of similar to that Nikon where you got a young kid and like having obviously him sort of grow up in the same team, sort of obviously how we have like wonder kids and stuff and obviously winning trophies or something like that. There's like so many ways they could go about it. But um, I think it'll be, as we know this year, they've spent a lot of money on, on, on stuff already. And I think uh, they'll spend uh, another chunk of money. And I think the features and the new trailers should be very interesting. You just saying that about, about a young kid that I'm thinking... What about the manager's son as a new gen? But how the hell yeah. would you make a new gen look on TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed, new gen faces are uh, like the yeah, elephant man's son. <laughs> Alternatively, you have to have uh, the the trailer after the watershed. <laughs> Rated eighteen because it terrifies the shit out of kids. Change your oh. skin tone halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening, uh, we are available for creative meetings. We, so, uh, <laughs> we have creative juices. Brilliant. Um, go for the, the old old Xbox advert. I don't know if anyone remembers that. The Cradle to the Grave advert where you've got the guy, he sort of, it's, he's bought, like his mum's in, in labour, he's born, it shoots out of a Yoo-Hoo and flies through the air and he <laughs> just ages whilst he's flying through the air and then uh, just just smashes into a coffin. I think it may have been banned, <laughs> but <laughs> it's definitely on YouTube. But it's, it's something like it was Dave's regen at, uh, or new gen idea. Go that have gone off got topic that. a bit there, so I have slightly. <laughs> hey, it's, it, it's Sega are lo- loosely related to Xbox. So <laughs> FM was on Xbox once. There we go. Anyway, right, we'll uh, we'll move on, shall we? So we have some time for some questions this week. We have, have quite a few. Um, 
Mr. Regista's been rather greedy, so I'll answer one of his questions that he's asked. Who has been your best regen in FM18? Uh, with his hashtag, bring back the Wonderkid Hall of Fame. What's that? Who knows? Hey. <laughs> uh, so, uh, who has been your best new gens, gentlemen's? I. It's really hard to pick between two. Um, we call them, on my forest save, we call them the Chexicans. Because we had Martin Novotny, he was Czech Republic. Um, I think he was he was an international when we signed him. Bought him in when he was 20, and he's amazing. But we also have Eric Lopez, who... Um, Mexican, obviously. Um, again, bought him in from Club America, I think, for relatively cheap. He went on to win the uh, best player at the 2022 World Cup, which Mexico ended up winning, incidentally. Um, so King Eric the Second, we christened him. He he might just pip it over Novotny, but it's really hard. it's like choosing between your two kids. Sophie's choice. You've always got a favourite. Um, <laughs> mine is mine's a little bit. It's got a bit of a backstory because he hasn't really developed into a first team player yet. But last year on FM Seventeen, I had a left back called Glauber. Picked him from Brazil. Could play a t- um, like in the AMC role, but he was a, a wing a left wing back. Um, and he went on you know, 200-plus games for the club while I, while I was playing there. But in FM18, I've just signed a, a Brazilian left-back that can play centre-mid called Nirvana. And I'm kind of now, I'm, I'm trying to get him tutored and bring him forward. And I've already got this kind of, like, I don't know, he's got like a hold on me where I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sell you, I'm, I'm going to develop you. I want you to be the next Glauber. So at the moment, yeah, he's definitely my, my favourite new gen. I haven't really had a, a new gen or region this year that has been sort of, you know, the typical goal scorer who's going to grab loads of goals. Uh, but I did have a guy uh, in the wall save. He was a centre-half that we'd signed. It was, I think, earlier this year. I think if you had a decent scouting setup, you get offered a lot of players when they were quite young from Africa. I think I signed him from a team in Ivory Coast when he was about 17 or 18. Serge Bamba, he was called. And after about a year, he broke into the first team. I think I actually had to loan him out to get a work permit. Um, but yeah, he was unreal, and he, he started he, he started to become like a little bit of a goal scoring centre half as well. Every time we have a corner, I remember one of the first games of the season we were two 0 down against Newcastle, and he scored like a thirty yard volley to to get us a draw or something mad. But yeah, he's probably the best sort of um, new gen that I've had this year. Hashtag corner exploit. Hey. Um. <laughs> he, he can't fucking cheat to save his life. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I, I've had quite a lot of tasty new gens come through the doors at either Middlesbrough or West Brom um, I'd say uh, there's two that were, that really did stand out one of which uh, has well both of which moved to Bayern um, from Middlesbrough uh, one for 80 million one for 55 one after I was sacked um, Eva, uh, Evo Mesquita or the Mosquito because he's a, a tough tackling little bastard who just charges around the field um, picked him up from Braga. He was class. By the time he was twenty, he was like rated as an elite midfielder, and that's when Bayern started calling around. Uh, then Gilmar, or the Brazilian fraud, as some people like to call him, because he's not Narf, uh, who is who is probably the best striker in the game at this point. So he's very special. Uh, Narf is he's not an amazing new gen. He's just uh, he, we found him in Pacos. He was. 250k saying that mosquito was only 400k um and 
he's now worth 20 million i've re- i've loaned him back because he's got a rather long name uh, <laughs> um i can't remember what it is now but uh, that's why he's acquinamized ac- that's not a word i've just made it up um and we've just signed a, a uruguayan called Gon- gonzalo gonzalez uh, for west brom and he's another midfield destroyer and he has he's got four and a half star current potential five star potential so he was a bit more expensive but he could well be worth it I mean, you've just reeled off a load of new gens there. You haven't said which one's your favourite. <laughs> I, I can't pick. Um, I'd probably say because uh, because he was the first, Mosquito would have to be my favourite, I think. And also the fact that I'd sold him for £80 million. And you mentioned um, Braga there as well. Fuck me, they produce some good players. Uh, I know, you, obviously, you've got um, Jadès and Trincao at the start, but after a couple of seasons, my God, it's like a production line of wonder kids. I've got a centre-half, Antonio Carvajal. And he's like he's or he's perfectionist, you know. Like that's they just roll them off, and you just go back there and pick them up for like five hundred grand. It's awesome. I've heard like there's some there is some a couple of decent nations for that like you sort of thing in Germany and in Portugal. It's the same. It's definitely if anyone wants to do a team like a save where you want sort of that youth recruitment, they're two good countries. I wanted to shout out as well one of my new gens. He was like a six foot four winger, and uh, he was from America called Zach Christiansen. Big up, big up the Americans and big up Zach. He, he, he was all right, but he just didn't play much. Just thought I'd chat him out. Big <laughs> shout out for the USA. Yeah. Big shout out for Zach, who doesn't really exist. Yeah. But hey. Zach Christensen. I know he's listening, but uh, he's not. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, yeah, I th- I'm considering doing a Braga save or maybe a Pacos save next year. I say next year on FM19 because I think keeping hold of those new gens could be quite a task. And it could be quite fun actually trying to cultivate them whilst you're there, put them in a grow bag and all that. They've got some more. They've got some more beasts as well. Like when, watching the under 19s World Cup, I think they've got like one or two players that are absolutely unreal for them. Trust you to know about Portuguese hey. players. Eh? <laughs> Portugal <Portia> wolves. <laughs> I was going to say he's, he's having to do the scouting for the for his research job. He hasn't mentioned that at all. <sighs> okay. Uh, now we may well touch on this a bit more once we have some more information from SI themselves. But um, FM Cantonasio uh, is the same at on Twitter as well. Is there any new player role that you would like to see in FM, and which player role would you get rid of? So two questions in one, really. Because um, I, I when I when I saw this tweeted, I, I was trying to think what, what sort of role would I have if we could add one in. Um, uh, because it's kind of, I guess, kind of hard to. There's a, you know, there there are a lot of roles that are already named after existing, like they just are named after a player, <laughs> really, um, or there are very few real life examples of of the player player roles that they've or that they've named them. It'd be interesting if you could have some sort of target man role that doesn't just fire the ball into him at head height every time. <laughs> Um, and I know you can kind of try and work around it with team instructions and, and other roles and stuff like that, but it'd be good if he was, if you could get someone as the focal point of the team and the ball is, you know, almost sort of played to him if there's no other option on. But Bring back it's the not tick just, box. It's not just twatted into his face every time. Bring back the tick box and bring back the target man supply. That's what I say. Well, I mean that that would that would help it, wouldn't it? That would that would basically solve the I, issue I with did target actually, man supply. I know you you spoke about it quite a lot. 
But I mean, um, he, he does. Uh, we we shout him out quite a lot, but Cleonite has actually said it's a bit of a myth, and it's down to the rest of your setup that causes that to happen. It's a lack of option, apparently, that that causes the 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 other players to just start spanking it towards the target man rather than trying to build play, and it doesn't actually do that. Apparently, I'm I'm paraphrasing him rather poorly, but I'll try and dig out the article, and if I can find it, I will link it in the description of the podcast. I've just quickly looked at some football manager roles to see if there's any that I just thought think no one ever uses them. Maybe wide target man that I've just come across, but I know Matt. I'm pretty sure you've used one of them before. Uh, there's a couple of people who frequent my stream that definitely use a wide target man. I've had a lot of success with Sam Vokes out there. Sammy Vokes. But yeah, I can't really see anyone like a lot. To be fair, a lot of the roles people use, so I think it'd be very hard for him to cut one. Not sure what I'd get rid of, but I think I've got to go for interiors. You do bait well. Just just rename inverted wingers. Yeah, why don't you just my, play? It's it's my team. Spa- why don't you change change the language on it? There you go. That that solve it for you. Genius. I am. You're welcome. Um, I would maybe like a because I know a false ten has become a thing. Is is it's a bit what? of a hipster false a false ten rather I've than a false that. nine. I've not yeah. heard that. Yeah. What's a false ten? I have what no fucking do? idea. A ten is false. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a it's a, like a false nine, but deeper. I have no idea. Hey, I, I just had <laughs> I just had a, a little thought there about what if you had pairing roles, so you've got like the little and large mm. striker, and like what what I'm using at the moment, like the the double is basically two fives, the double cinco. Um, if if instead of having different player roles, you had like pairings that work together. That could be something interesting. I guess they've kind of got, tried to sort of push you towards that by having the the pitch highlighted, um, or that like the color change depending on the role selection for like pitch coverage. Fucking shoot me down, son! <laughs> I'm not shooting you down. I'm, I'm I'm agreeing. It's a, I quite like the idea. I'm just saying they've kind of started edging themselves towards that anyway. Like, like the suggesting... Neville, the Neville and Beckham, you know, right back, right wing. I know I know what you mean about the links. That are yeah. in there, but I just you know, rather than adding roles, what about adding groups that work I think together? Having something like that would ha- certainly help new players or or maybe players that are trying to replicate a particular style. Protect um, maybe those who maybe don't know so much about the tactical game, but they know about the side that they want to try and replicate. That might be quite cool. Yeah, no, I think in the the description of some of the roles, it does say like when played with a or you know it's a good. Yeah, you know, I think that's in there, but yeah, it, it's something to you know that they could. Could develop maybe. Just looked up a false ten. Apparently, it's a bit like a trickle teaster. There you go. So every day's a school day. A false ten is for people who can't say trickle teaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll add that to dupes list. Dupisms. <laughs> Cameroon. <laughs> uh, on that bombshell, uh, we'll move on to everyone's favourite part of the quiz. Favourite part of the quiz. Favourite qu- part of the podcast. Jesus Christ. Professional as ever. Curtis Quiz! Uh, so it's been about two months now since the World Cup in Russia finished. Let's see how much we all remember about the tournament. Please now. Usual rules of the quiz apply. Uh, one point for a correct answer. First to shout <laughs> in gets the opportunity to answer the question. If you get the question wrong, uh, you are subject to the minus one Viking Dan rule and eliminated from the rest of the question. We have 10 questions today, plus a tiebreaker if we need one. 
Uh, are we all ready? Yes, sir. Yes. Good. We all have to answer as well. That's important to, to point out. No Google. Um, but we will start with question number one. Let's start at the beginning. The opening ceremony caused a bit of controversy when which singer gave the finger? Joe. Joe. Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. That lad's not Russian. Mm. He took his time. Apparently, apparently Putin is a big fan of Robbie Williams. Big up. Big up Putin. So, there you go. Number two, what was the final score in the opening game of this year's tournament? It's a clue. Nerd. It was all oh, nerd. 2 0. No, it, it wasn't. Minus one. Seeing as he's already answered, I won't give out the clue. I know the match. Dave? Dave. Was it 5 0? 5 0 is correct. Oh, get in there. Come on. Was it 2-0 at half-time? Russia-Saudi, wasn't it? Uh, they definitely scored early. They scored in the 12th minute. <coughs> uh, I don't know when the other goals came. I don't know. I went for 2-0. And it was, as soon as I said it, I thought, nope. Dennis Cherishev scored a couple of absolute bangers in that game. The lad's been on drugs. No, he got, he got cleared today. He got cleared today. He got uh, cleared, but, right. It was 2-0 at half-time. I mean, if you looked at the Russian stat, like <laughs> they're, they're sort of... Uh, off the ball stat, like running stats, they were so far ahead of everyone else. It's like after a, like a four kilometers. Yeah, bloke was about eight foot up front. He was running all game. Was, I mean, it's just incredible. What was going on there? Do you, know, do you know who grasped him up though? Who dropped him in it? It was his dad. Really? <laughs> his, his dad <laughs> said dark. about. Um, it was like in an interview, and he said he'd taken a growth, uh, like hormone injection before the World Cup. Cheers, Dad. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dad. Anyway, back to the quiz. Question number three. There were two nations that debuted at the tournament this year. Can you name one of them? Dave. Dave. Panama. Panama is correct. Yes. You could have also had Iceland. Oh. Ooh. Question number four. Japan were the first team in World Cup history to qualify for the knockout phase by way of the FIFA fair play rule. Who were the unlucky team to get knocked out with Japan going through? Uh, Give you a clue. Aliou Cisse was their manager. Dave. Dave. Senegal. Senegal is correct. As a party's on fire. Your defence is terrified. Question number five. An incredible nine of England's 12 goals scored at the tournament came from set pieces. One of England's corner routines picked up a nickname in the tournament. What was it? Nerd. Nerd. Love Train. The Love Train. Never heard of that. <laughs> really? Glenn uh, honestly. <laughs> the Love Train. That's what I want in Football Manager 2019. I don't care about anything else. I just want to be able to recreate the Love Train. Question number six. Which Belgian player celebrated a goal by smashing the ball into the net? Joe. I need to see it, Joe. Uh, Michi Batshuayi. Batshuayi is correct. Rebound off the post and smash him in the face. Perfect. One of the moments of the World Cup. <laughs> Question number seven. In the round of 16, England played Colombia. After a hard-fought one-all draw, after extra time, the three lines progressed winning their first ever penalty shootout in a World Cup. Who was the only player to miss a penalty in that shootout for England? Nerd. Nerd. Jordan Henderson. 
Jordan Henderson. Scapegoat. Nearly, nearly signed up for a Pizza Hut advert. <laughs> Miss. Feel much better now, boys. Question <laughs> <laughs> number eight. Paul Pogba became the first current Premier League player to score in a World Cup final since which player scored in the 1998 final? Joe. Joe. Emmanuel Petit. Is correct. I wasn't even born. I was. Hey, yes, you were. <laughs> I was one. <laughs> I made sure I didn't answer any, like, make any old questions this week. So you fuck yourself. him. Yeah. <laughs> Question number nine. It's getting tight now. That's what she hey. said. What was the name of the stadium where the final was held in Moscow? Hmm. No ideas. Oh, I think we'll have to skip this one. No, no. Very funny. It also hosted the 2008 Champions League final. It's, it's matey boy played for Arsenal, didn't he? <laughs> Sorry, that's really vague. I know, um, I know, ste- I know stepping you... off something or other. Nah. Lushniki. Shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give it I you mean, back. I called in. I, I respect the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's taken us about 10 minutes. Matt is right, though. Matt is right. We'll give him half a point. Should we call him dead heat? We'll give him the oh, point. We'll give him the fucking point. I've been robbed. <laughs> Question... No vocalising the clues. <laughs> Question number 10. Now, if we could all just revert back to the normal rules, please, Matthew. Question number 10. England Don't and Belgium. Us. Hey, I'm going to dock you a point there. <laughs> England and Belgium met twice in the tournament, once in the group stage and once in the third place playoff. What was the aggregate score of the two games? Dave. No. That was Dave. Is it 4-1? That's minus one. Oh, bollocks. I, didn't even, I don't think I watched either game, to be honest. <laughs> I bottled it. Nerd. Nerd. 3-0. Uh, 3-0 is correct. Oh, I knew they beat us by one goal, but I thought we'd scored against This is them. controversial now. I gave I gave Nerd that point thinking he wouldn't be in it. <sighs> right. So, 10 questions asked, 10 oh. questions answered. I can tell you now we have a tiebreaker situation. <laughs> it's not me. Uh, in third place this week with two points, cost himself, uh, cost himself the win there with that last incorrect answer. Mr. Dave as a party. Well done, Dave. And in joint first, on three <laughs> points, we have Nerd and Joe. We do have a tiebreaker. It is closest wins. Um, I feel like Nerd should probably go first here. Just because... Uh, just because... Well, I don't know. Actually, oh, let's toss a coin. Let's toss a coin. This is, this I've is... got coins knocking about. I've got coins everywhere, me. He's a baller. Says <laughs> him looking around for a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a coin. Just toss something have... else. Yeah, I'm going to toss something else. <laughs> right. Uh, Beanbag. Right. Who's going to call? Nerd? You can call. Heads or tails, sir? Heads. Heads is. What was that? He that didn't you even just show us it. it was a fidget spinner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
We all know the head of a fidget spinner. Right, so nerd, you can go first. Uh, closest wins. How many goals, penalty shootouts, penalty shootouts not included, were scored in the entire 2018 World Cup tournament? So there were 64 matches. 239. 239. Yeah. Joe? Got to be less than that. 168. 168. We should have gone to 68. Tell you, the answer is 169. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> no. That makes Joe this week's winner. Well done, Joe. Congratulations, Joseph. Well, Matt's incredible guess. That is superb. <laughs> Disappointed you didn't get that. GG. To be honest, Joe. To be fair, I'm not. I'm, I'm surprised why I didn't go for 69. A meal for two with a hairy view. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, that's where. Well, that was a, another tremendous effort with the quiz, Mr. Curtis. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's nearly time for us to all go, but let's get some plugs in before we depart. Joseph, where can people find you? Friday Night FM on Twitter, uh, FridayNightFM.com. Perfect. Kurt Dizzle? Kurt uh, FM, uh, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Banging. Dave as a party. Dave as a party on YouTube and Twitter. Dave as a party FM on Twitch. Fantastic. And you can find me, Nerdphonic, in all the usual places. Uh, that brings episode number 56 to a close. You can find the links for the Five Star Pod Twitter account, WeStreamFM, Discord server, and each of us in the podcast description. The Five Star Potential podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most popular podcast apps and platforms, with a new podcast released every Monday at 8am. If you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a review on iTunes and drop us a follow on SoundCloud. This has been Five Star Potential, a WeStreamFM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, folks. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.